Hey, this is Megan Rapino, and I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Jabroni, J-A-B-R-O-N-I-X-Y-Z-A-B-C. Oh, it doesn't matter, you spell Jabroni. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of Two Jabronis with a Wrestling Podcast. BJ Cruz here with my tag team partner, the incomparable Jeremy Loss. Jay, what's up, dude? Chilling. I love the shirt. It's very on on brand, and it's it's key right now, so I love it. You know, I, I couldn't get a mom, the mom shirt uh, shipped over that quickly because they just made them on Monday, but I, I decided it was uh, it was time. It was also clean, which is uh, which is that's a that's a big thing right huge. now. It was very clutch. Uh, if, for those of you listening on the podcast audio end, uh, you should flip over to the YouTube section or of this pod, YouTube version of this pod, I should say. I'm wearing a, a Becky Lynch mugshot shirt at the moment. Um, you know, she's uh, obviously, first of all, before we do any of the semantics, Big congrats, con- congratulations Big to her congrats. and Seth Rollins, um, on, on, on Becky's pregnancy. That's huge, man. As, as and congrats on the sex, congrats on the baby. It's all great. <laughs> yeah. that, it's that's, all great. <laughs> I, I, I personally had no idea that they were, you know, fornicating in any form. So congratulations <laughs> to, to, to both of them. We, of course, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network and our friends over at betonline.ag. Don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you download your podcasts. And if you're one of our fantastic Apple Podcast users, please, please, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. And if you're feeling spicy, and I know some of you are because we have our first one-star review, leave a review. One or five stars only, though. One or five stars only. Yeah, none of that middle ground shit. Like we want, we want the bad or, or the really, really good. So uh, leave us a review. Make sure you also subscribe to us on YouTube. We have a YouTube version of this video of, of this podcast now. You get to see our beautiful faces. So subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's Two Jabronis with a Wrestling Podcast. We're dropping videos two times a week now. So make sure you subscribe there. You can follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at Two Jabronis Pod. You can follow me personally at Jeremy A. Locke on Twitter, and you can follow Ben at Cruise Control. That's Control with a K. So a lot has happened uh, in the past couple of days in terms of wrestling, um, but we have a very, very special guest that we would love to get to in time. So first of all, let's just get it out the way. Uh, Money in the Bank was better than I thought it would. A sub three-hour pay-per-view, by the with way. With the last dance going on right now, that's super clutch. In- inject that into my veins. I I yep. enjoy. I went back and I watched the whole thing after the last dance. Uh, I was actually watching it at the same time, and I thought my brain was going to explode. There was just a lot happening on right. on a lot of screens. Um, Otis won, I think, around the same time. Where no, it wasn't the same time that Mike MG started crying, but I no, felt I like it was. it was. It was right around because it, it was, ended before the last before the second episode. So I want to say 
when Jordan was giving his like running through a wall speech, yeah, Otis was holding the briefcase and I was jacked up. I was like ready to rock. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think you tweeted like I'm ready to run through a wall. And I was like, I feel <laughs> right. it. Like Otis just won the freaking money in the bank. Um, it was it was actually a really solid pay-per-view. I really enjoyed it. And we're actually gonna talk about it more in depth on our Friday show because we're now doing two shows a week. Again, that's what Jeremy alluded to when he said you get to see our mugs two times a week on on YouTube and um, here in, in your podcast app. But we have, a, again, we have a very, very special guest on. He is actually our very first guest ever that we had on this show. It was around the time that he had actually joined the Blue Wire Podcast Network, uh, bringing his podcast, the Chris Van Vliet Show, to Blue Wire. And it's it's absolutely just taken off. Again, if... If you look, if you listen and and subscribe to this podcast, bless your soul. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. We love you. Do us a favor and do the same for CVV if you haven't already, because he, the people that he gets to interview, is it's 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 crazy. It's like he is the Ahmad Rashad of all wrestlers, right? Like Ahmad Rashad was Jordan's guy. I feel like he's just a mod Rashad for the professional wrestling universe uh, because every big name that you can think of uh, from the recently released Matt Cardona, the hurricane, uh, he Slater, he's had Britt him on Baker. Britt Baker. He had Britt Baker. Britt, that Britt Baker interview was great. Fantastic. He had Mandy Rose on uh, mm-hmm. the week before that. Um, and he's even had, um, you got to go back a little bit. He had the rock on, um, on his YouTube channel. Like he is, he's he's just lining them, lining them up. And he had Mox on as well. Up. Moxley, like yeah. And he has, uh, he's got a great interview coming up this week with uh, with Aiden English. So look out for that. Another recently, unfortunately released um, wrestler from WWE, and um, we're we're very very excited to have him on. All that being said, uh, before I introduce him as the main event, because he is, let's let's do a quick ad read jay i think we're, we're switching it up this week you're 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 taking care yeah, of our I'm friends giving you the, I'm, I'm giving you the dick pills this week so <laughs> i'll read the betting one so there you go let's get a quick word from our friends over at bet online with currently no nba nhl or mlb you might think there's nothing to bet on well you'd be wrong our exclusive partner bet online still has hundreds of events games and props to wager on from their online casino to poker and blackjack and they're bringing vegas to you it's problematic for me because I'm gonna be I'm gonna go broke. Missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, even the Nathan's hot dog eating contest. All open 24 hours a day and all online. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code BlueWire to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet Online, your online wagering solution. And before we get to CVV, we're gonna take another quick break to talk about our friends over at Blue Chew. That's right. Guys, looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds? Get to BlueChew.com. BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. I remember uh, being a kid having chewable Flintstone vitamins. Changed my life. Probably is the reason why I'm still alive right now. So chewable. Chewable dick pills. Chewable. Change your life again. Exactly. For the better, might I say. <laughs> They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. Didn't know that 
until right now. So it gets down to business. There's no messing around. With that blue, might blue be blue. why, as a child, you just felt like you had superpowers because you were just chewing the vitamin C right into your bloodstream. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost, and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Here's a key. great It's that huge, huge. With by your way. nosy neighbors, you need the discreet packaging. Nike ships your shoes in big stickers that say, just do it. First of all, can't hide that from my wife because she knows I bought another <laughs> pair of shoes. Second, package thieves know exactly what they're getting, right? They know they're getting some good old Nike gear. In these discreet packaging from Blue Chew, if for some ungodly reason a package thief steals that, you know, they, first of all, they won't be attracted to it because it's discreet. But if they do, they know you're 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 serious. You're serious you about business. You mean business <laughs> in the bedroom. Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use promo code BLUEWHITE. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-CHEW.com, promo code BLUEWIRE. All right, everyone, we're very excited about this. It is time for the main event. And for this week's main event, we welcome a very special friend to the show, someone who's actually been on before. I think you're the first two-time guest of Two Jabronis with a Wrestling Podcast. You were actually on during... When we were, it doesn't matter what your podcast is called, but I guess it, it does matter because we have to change change our name. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's our Blue Wire Wrestling brother from another mother, and that podcast mother is absolutely Kevin Jones. Please welcome on to the show the incomparable Chris Van Vliet. Chris, how you doing, man? I'm, I'm doing great. Thank you guys for having me back on the show, although I guess it feels like, you know, the first appearance because the show has a new name. It, it does. Yeah, it's uh, we 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 rebranded. You know, it's, it was just like uh, it was going from um, Hunter Hearst Helmsley to Triple H. That's what I like to 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 frame it as. You know, you just needed to repackage like it. Yeah, it was it was time to yeah. become adults and, you know, start wearing trunks. We, to went the from, we went from Rocky Maivia to The Rock. Well, yeah. Well, well that's a big step up. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. we're. I would like to say we're working up to that. You know, we're. Uh, that's why I picked Hunter Hearst Helmsley to Triple H because I feel like we just went trunks <laughs> or like pants to trunks. You know, like it's it's small went steps. From dressage gear. Yeah. To, to, to trunks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. For a CBV, man, how are you doing in in quarantine in in this crazy crazy world we're living in right now? Yeah, I mean, you know, we're all in this together, right? We're all in the same crazy situation. Are you drinking wine, by the way? Absolutely. Uh, Woo, it's, it's a little, popping off here. Okay. little white wine. It, it, it is oh, five. Wow. It is 5.30 local time in California. So I, I don't know. You, might, you were talking about going from uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley to Triple H. I feel like you're still Hunter Hearst Helmsley. I, I have the wine there. I have uh, remnants of that persona still left in Ooh, me. Oh, it's, it's a, this is a lovely Pinot. Yeah, I almost I almost added his French accent that he had back in the day. But uh, oh yeah, I thought I thought that yeah, would... I don't know. I'm hanging in there. I'm, I've uh, I've been drinking lots of wine and beer, and it's I can't believe it's been two months. Like it's been two months of us doing all interviews like this. Yeah, interacting with so many of our friends like this. Yeah. Um. But you know, I'm glad that uh, everyone in my family is safe and healthy and you know i hope the same for you guys too 
Yeah, no, absolutely. It's I mean, that's all we can ask for <laughs> in the in this time, right? It's just, you know, stay home, keep everyone safe, happy and healthy and, and we're doing glad to hear that that's that's happening for you. I see you got a little corn beard going on here. Yeah, I was going to say you have a nice <laughs> quarantine beard going on. I think it officially became a beard today. I actually put something on Instagram. It's been 6 weeks of this. And I was just like, well, I'll shave this when I have like a reason to shave, right. whether that's like, you know, an audition or whether that's like, I don't know, some sort of a job or something. I don't know, but I've had a reason. So uh, actually, I got hired to host like a video next week and I did the audition with this beard. Yeah. And I said to the guy, if you need me to shave it, I'll shave it. And then he never like the director never said like, yeah, you're going to have to shave that thing. So <laughs> I guess I'm going to have a beard for a little while let, here. No, let it fly, man. Keep keep that thing going until someone says otherwise. I, we, we think it looks great. As someone who can't grow facial hair to save my life. You uh, got a little bit there. I, I'm this, trying to, but I got like the Paul Pierce situation going on where it just doesn't connect. <laughs> yeah. Jer- Jeremy, he, he grows facial hair like an adult man. I my mine grows like a chia pet just kind of outward and doesn't spread uh i i still think i haven't hit puberty fully yet it, it it'll eventually happen uh once yeah, my, one day maybe one my, day, yeah, my... That, I, I think that my facial hair looked like that when i was 12 <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah i still get carded uh to, to buy yeah, you know like, to buy my white thing. wine actually so um so you know we're, we're talking about the the pandemic and everything that's happening right now with 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 the virus how how has that really changed um, kind of your methods and, and how you've gone about kind of getting people on your show because first of all interviewer to the wrestling stars you are I, I'm handing you that belt you have three belts behind you I'm handing you another oh, one virtually thank you um, yeah. and you've just been again I, I said this a little bit before we started recording like murderous row of people just if you're not subscribed to CVV's YouTube channel I don't know what the hell you're doing or his podcast uh, obviously you know sticking with the blue wire family but subscribe to both how's has your methods changed at all obviously with with not being able to do this in person oh yeah and i I mean everything's changed for all of us with what's going on right now um so for me my biggest thing is i love to be able to do the interviews in person even if it gave me just that one percent edge i wanted to be able to do it in person feel that person's energy shake their hand look them in the eyes and i was you know i i've certainly uh, been very public about the fact that I'll drive many, many hours. Absolutely. I'll fly across the country. Yeah. You know, uh, that's just, that, that was just kind of the way I was brought up uh, you know, in, as a journalist and in broadcasting that I thought the interviews were always better in person. So I think it's changed for the better and for the worse because people are more available now. Like when I, when we first went into quarantine, I did six days in a row of live Q and A's on my YouTube channel. And Every single person I reached out to, and it was Ryback and Barbie Blank, Lillian Garcia, Ken Shamrock, yep. Zicky Dice, uh, and Enzo. I was like, well, are, you know, are you busy next Tuesday at one o'clock? And the answer almost across the board was, of course I'm not busy. Like, <laughs> right. Of course I'm not busy. Yeah, I have time to do that. Yeah. So that's been like a huge positive that people's schedules are certainly lighter. I've run into some technical difficulties, which I'm certainly still working through. And I had to buy a whole bunch of new gear because the first interview that I did with Mike Rome, that was my first like interview that I did, uh, that, that I posted on my YouTube channel like this. I did it with my computer from many years ago and the webcam looked like I was shooting things with a potato. So <laughs> I just kind of realized that I needed to step things up a little bit. Right. So what do you make of the business right now? Um, 
obviously like with everything going on, things are, are a bit strange, but how do you rate how different companies are handling things, especially with the no audience, given that the audience is such a massive part of the show. Like I feel AEW is doing a much better job than WWE, but how do you feel like the business is going right now? I love that. Even though it looks different, I love that wrestling's still going on right now. And it gives us this tiny, very small reminder that normal life is out there somewhere, you know, around the corner. So I appreciate that. Uh, And I understand that they have to do it for the television contracts that they have. But when no other sports are going on right now and everything else is literally canceled, it's great knowing that on a Wednesday night we can watch Dynamite. On a Monday night we can watch Raw, Friday night SmackDown. Um, it just, it does look different. And I think the best description, I interviewed Hurricane Helms last week and he said, it's like a stand-up comedian going on stage in front of no audience. And that's exa- that's the best analogy yeah. I've heard. That's exactly what this is. The joke still might be funny. The matches still might be great, but there's not that reminder of like, you know, you need that audience to play off of. And I, I think the other really interesting thing for the wrestlers themselves is a lot of the times they'll change up the matches based on how the yep. crowd is reacting to this. Yeah. yeah, yeah, So I guess now they're going out there with the plan of like, all right, we're going to do this spot, this spot, this spot, and I'll call this, this, this in the ring. Well, you know, it, that's it. That's what they're doing. It used to be like, oh, we'll feel it out there and see how it goes. So I appreciate that they've all found a way. I mean, this is such an unprecedented time right now that we're all living through. Um Desperate times call for desperate measures. And I'm glad that everyone has stepped up and yeah. uh, that we still have some live entertainment out there. Yeah, I, I especially like that they're a lot of the come or at least WWE and AEW have kind of leaned into the absurdity of things like AEW doing the match last week on Dynamite where they're going around the entire stadium and like chasing down Sam Guevara with the, the golf cart and you have yeah. the, the cinematic matches. So I've been really happy to see that they're not just kind of doing the same old, same old. They're they're kind of expanding and doing new things so what has been like the biggest surprise for you in terms of the developments that companies have made over the last few weeks during this time i think what was interesting is the first few weeks uh because i don't think i don't think everyone was prepared for this to go on longer than you know a, a week or two right so i think what was interesting the first wwe was really highlighting the audience at first the audience that wasn't there they were shining lights on the empty seats and then a few days later on dynamite they had the camera focused on the entranceway. It was dark where the seats would have been. And I thought, that's the smart thing to do. Shine the light on the thing that's the most important. Uh, and if WWE, up until that point, was basically saying, look, everybody, there's no one here. And AEW was basically going, yeah, you know no one's here. You know it's going to sound a little bit different. But we're going to put the focus on you know, what we want you to focus on. Also, AEW putting people around the ring even if it's just half a dozen, a dozen people to just make some sort of noise out there really does add an element. So what's been interesting about this is WWE has certainly been watching AEW and vice versa, obviously. Mm -hmm. But the first few uh, AEW shows, I feel like kind of laid the groundwork for what we're now seeing in WWE shows. Yeah, definitely. Um, And and kind of going into what the, the, the people that you talked to over the last few weeks, you obviously talked to Zack Ryder, you talked to Heath Slater. Um, and we had the big WWE layoff. So where do you think some of the recently released wrestlers will eventually land once they start signing deals? I know Zach said that, or Matt Cardona said that he wasn't going to sign anything anytime soon. He doesn't expect it to do a show. Where do you expect these guys to land? Obviously we have the revival. We have Matt Cardona, we have Heath Slater, but there's so many others that could potentially sign somewhere else. 
Yeah, it's a long list. And July yeah. 18th is the date that everyone kind of has circled on their calendar. That's when the 90 day non-compete will be up. I, I'd love to say that all those guys are going to go to the Indies and, you know, sell a whole bunch of merch and make a name for themselves. But, you know, it's sad to think it's May right now. And I don't know if any Indies will be running in July. Right. Um, so it, I don't know. I, I think that a lot of guys are going to like Matt Cardona is obviously a ton of interest in here. I feel like the revival keeps getting hinted at by everyone in AEW. So I feel like everyone's going to land on their feet and figure it out. I feel like there's going to be a lot of people that are going to end up back in WWE in a year or two. Like are you telling me, telling me Hurricane Helms or Kurt Angle who were phenomenal producers behind the scenes are just going to be basically told, all right, we'll see you later. Like go figure this thing out. No, they're too talented to not be signed. So the thing that sucks is under any other circumstance, we could go, oh yeah, well, July 18th, they'll work indies for a month or two or three, build up some hype, and then they'll sign somewhere. Well, <laughs> unfortunately, we don't know if indies are going to be running or where they're going to be running. So it's going to be interesting. I'm sure that we'll see some people in AEW for sure, though. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people expect that a whole bunch of them are going to go to AEW, but I just don't know if AEW has the funds to sign that many people like i would assume like the revival and matt cordona seem like logical fits there but everybody else i seem i could see kind of going different directions like carl anderson and luke gallows going back to new japan makes a ton of sense for sure and i, I don't know if it's about the money for AEW. they don't think i don't think they have the time right now to yeah. showcase all the talent that they already have they only have three hours a week between dynamite and dark and there's you know insanely talented people that aren't used every week so i think that that's just what it comes down to if AEW ends up adding another show you know, then I think the floodgates open. They can bring on as many people as they want. Yeah, right. no, I, I mean, absolutely. Going back to kind of the two interviews, the three actually that you, you've done recently, you know, with, with Slater and uh, Matt Cardona, what what surprised you the most in in those talks uh, that you had with them? For for us, it was just seeing how positive uh, Matt Cardona was. Like he was he was pimping out his merch the second you guys hopped on there. And it was it was incredible because like it kind of fit who i mean I, I listened to their podcast so uh it just kind of made a whole lot of sense that he would do that and it just kind of fit his his character and like you didn't hate him for it it was it was almost endearing uh but was there anything throughout you know the past couple conversations that it, it can go beyond that as well like that have surprised you um about their their persona or how they've taken these releases yeah i think i think you're definitely hit it on the head there ben it's it's about their positivity and matt cardone is a shining example of that <laughs> but that's a dude with a huge personality regardless of the situation but there were a lot of big takeaways from his interview that i hope people keyed in on he said he starts every day by listing the five things that he's grateful for which is an incredible practice that will literally change your life if you start to do that but i think that you know for someone like him that was there for 14 years and someone like Heath Slater was there for around the same time. I think that, I think they kind of realize this isn't forever, you know, yeah. to be a 14 year WWE veteran to have survived all of the cuts that they've had in previous years and to still be standing to literally have a shirt that says, you know, still here. Uh, I, I think that the writing's just on the wall. Eventually it's like, am I going to get cut this year? Okay. I survived this year. Maybe next year's my year. And what Matt was saying was his contract's up or was up in August anyway. So they, them releasing him now and he'll be paid out till July 18th really just means he left a month early. Yeah. So who knows if he was going to resign anyway with, you know, all the options that are out there right now. But I just, 
I think that everyone's just taking this in stride when you could be going, oh my God, this has been my identity for my whole adult life. This is the thing that I always wanted to do. I'm in my mid thirties now. What am I going to do? They're all going, man, my best years are still in front of me. Yeah. And if, if, from the from the talks that you've had, I've also felt like a sense of like freeing nature of it. Like they just feel like the shackles are off in terms of like what they can do creatively, especially with Matt. Like he was always that same character in WWE. And so now it seems like he can do something completely different. So, I mean, those talks just shed light on a whole bunch of feelings that they probably had built up in them over these years, uh, especially with the revival, too. I, I know like there was the the images going around of their their gimmicks that they were proposed and they looked goofy as all hell. So like just seeing that these guys still believe in themselves after going through a traumatic situation is, is incredible. I think what's funny all across the board is pretty much everyone you talk to that have been released from WWE are like, you know, I had a great time there when it was awesome. I met a whole bunch of friends and had great exposure, but everyone always tells the same story of frustration of, you know, around creative, like almost across the board. And I, I think that that's, you know, that's where this idea of like the handcuffs coming off, the shackles coming off is like, I can finally be myself. All my friends who are on the indies are making great money now. I'm talking as a wrestler. Yeah. Uh, any, anyone who's on the <laughs> indies is making great money. Their characters are doing well with what they've developed for themselves. And I think that there might be those creative juices and guys in WWE who feel like, oh man, I wish I could do this, 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 and this, but I have to keep doing the same thing over here. Okay. Another guy I wanted to ask you about that you talked to recently uh, was Leo Rush, and he's been on Twitter. Uh, er, a couple of things have come out about him on Twitter recently, in that he, he, this could be it for him in regards to to wrestling. I mean, he obviously has a music career that he would love to pursue and and explore. When you talked to him, did you get that feeling that maybe you know he was kind of done with this whole wrestling thing? Because for me, it was a surprise. Like this dude is so talented. Like he 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 just has it in the ring, both both in the ring and on the mic. And it's just, it's very rare to kind of have that, uh, that combination. And for me to read that, it was, it was a little surprising. So uh, you've talked to him recently. Did, did you get that sense at all when you, when you were having that conversation with him? So the interview I did with him was like a week before he got released. Right. So you know, he was still a WWE employee at the time, but he definitely had the attitude that like, he thought he was like, he, we didn't see him on TV for like, I think it was nine months. Mm -hmm. Right. And I, I think that he thought he was done then. And they were just going to basically make him sit out until his contract was done. And then out of nowhere, he's like, yeah. And then, then they called me back. And next thing you know, I, I'm on TV again when I hadn't heard from them in so long. So I think that, I mean, this is just my speculation. This is not sure, anything yeah. he's saying, but I think that he thought he was done like a year ago and was already starting to lay the groundwork for what was next. And then they kind of called him back and he's like, oh, all right, I guess, you know, I guess I'll continue this thing. But he's so insanely talented with everything that he does. We know how great of a speaker he is. And he's only in his mid 20s. So, yeah, That's whatever, wild. you know, he's I think he's 25. Yeah. So he's he has such a bright future ahead of him. He just I think he just released his new album. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the music videos he's been putting out are fantastic. And. The future's so bright for him, especially the fact that he's only 25. I, one thing I will say is he put up the mask that I think he pitched to Triple H that uh, he wanted to use. The bug mask? The bug mask. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's just me. I thought that thing was horrifying. It was, it was not horrifying. It was 
terrifying. So um, <laughs> it was just a scary thing. Was just, there was a lot of, uh, he, look, he yeah, looked yeah. like a bug. He looked like an alien. Uh, so I'm kind of glad that they didn't use that. I also kind of want that mask now for, for Halloween. I don't know. It was uh, it was just an interesting <laughs> interesting uh, thing that I guess, you know, sometimes we question whether WWE makes the right decision. I think they made the right call but, but, on that one. But look, I understand why WWE will maybe turn down an idea, not just specifically like that, but something that doesn't fit quite into what they're working here. Right. Like, you know, if you were to be hired to work on a TV show or a movie, and you had the script in front of you, which is exactly what happens in WWE. They hand you a script and say, here's what you're going to say and do. If you got your script on a movie and went, well, you know, Mr. Spielberg, I don't actually think my character would do this thing. <laughs> I think we should do this other thing over here. He'd be like, who do you think you are? Right. And I don't know why it's so different in wrestling. I've actually been trying to like wrap my head around that for a long time. Why it is so different in wrestling that division between the person and the character in wrestling doesn't really happen. Whereas if you saw Tom Hanks walking down the street, you wouldn't be like, Forrest Gump, what's up? You know? <laughs> yeah. like, I might do that actually. <laughs> well, maybe I would too. Jeremy's an asshole. <laughs> Ron, but... Ron Forrest. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sure he gets that all the time. Um, shifting gears back to, I wanted to talk about the cinematic matches that we've been seeing a little bit more in WWE during the pandemic. Obviously, there was an overwhelming positive response to the Boneyard, the Firefly Funhouse match, and even Money in the Bank this past weekend, which was I thought was really enjoyable. Um, do you think these cinematic matches will continue in WWE as things get back to normal? Obviously, I don't think Vince really likes to do them, but I'm, I'm starting to see that he's pretty good at like producing these and putting them together. So like, do you think these will continue? What I think is interesting about it is when we first heard right before WrestleMania that there were going to be matches that were filmed like movies, I think that wrestling fans worldwide like collectively rolled their eyes and went oh my god this is going to be terrible but you know like i said before desperate times call for desperate measures and that's exactly what we're in right now and they've done a really good job of making it interesting because you know three hours of wrestling in a ring with no crowd it you know i just feel like it, it starts to become a lot of the same thing so they've done a really good job of it i don't know if it will continue be when when crowds are back unless it's like a you know like a really special type of thing because with those matches they're they're not live they're you know obviously all the matches are predetermined but it's like written in this way and like they're re-scripting it like the boneyard match took many many hours to film i i don't think that they're gonna do this i think that they'd rather have that reaction from the crowd that's what makes wrestling wrestling uh and i think that this will be a nice little um asterisks and a footnote in history when we look back at these matches and go yeah yeah those happened grandson because of this thing that was <laughs> happening in the year 2020 where no one could leave their homes and I, I i don't think that you know as the years go on i don't think we're going to be seeing matches like that unless they're around like a character because i guess we kind of saw something like this with broken matt hardy right and the right. ultimate deletion right yeah, I, I think if they continue it, it, it makes sense to keep doing it with Taker because it can extend his career a little bit more. For sure, yeah. And then obviously with Bray, because Bray's character is so psychotic and, and there's multiple personalities and just creatively you can do so many things there. So I feel like if they're going to do them, you can do them around at least those characters and continue it going forward. Yeah, for sure. It needs to make sense though, right? And that's what wrestling's yeah. all about. The storyline needs to like have some sort of payoff here. If this is a match between randy orton and dolph ziggler that's filmed cinematically 
I don't know if that one makes sense. Right. Were, were you surprised at all about how positive the reaction was with these cinematic matches? Because, I mean, wrestling fans in general, we're all pretty cynical. <laughs> it's like we're always trying to find the faults. We're always trying to find things to complain about. These were, aside from, you know, a couple, I guess, haters, you could say, it was pretty well received, like across the board. Were you surprised by that, given kind of how the internet reacts to wrestling in general? I was surprised at how quickly people flipped because like I said, I think we were all kind of rolling our eyes when we heard about the idea, but what wasn't there to like about the Boneyard match? It told a great story. It was inter interesting. It was entertaining. And it left that Saturday night with you going, huh, or that, 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 you know, it just left you going, that was, that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I liked that. I actually would have been more surprised if people didn't like it because of how, how good of a job they did with it. Yeah, no, it was, um, I was lukewarm about WrestleMania in general until that. And I think that really tipped me over. Like I immediately after went back to rewatch the whole Saturday and then Sunday was just out of my mind, excited because of that match. And you know, it's sometimes that's all it takes is just one. And obviously the WrestleMania being divided into two nights was already kind of a weird experience, but to be roped in again like that, it was refreshing. Uh, I, I think it had been a while since I was that, enveloped in something uh and then to to kind of close a door on it with the firefly funhouse match which was just like a fever dream on, yeah it wasn't acid. really a match like yeah. there was literally no wrestling in it yeah it was uh you know it was it, and it, it was just kind of ironic because matt hardy had just left the company like a week before so right. it was just all these things working for it it was i was pretty surprised about how um how positively it was it was received but at the same time when you kind of watch them back, I watched the Firefly Funhouse match the next day, like the morning of, and it was wow. still just as good. Um, look, look, I think that these matches only worked because of the situation sure. that we're in right now. Yeah. If both of those matches had taken place last year, we would have been like, those were really weird. And it'd be <laughs> especially weird if you're there live in the audience and right. you're looking up at the big screen watching this thing happen, right? Right. Um, I, I think that the matches, the, the rest of the matches on the card were also just kind of, eh, they were okay. And, you yeah. know, there's no crowd to really yeah. drive the reaction there. So something like this, I think, just stood out so much more. And that's what made it that much better. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so one thing we couldn't let you leave here without asking you about is uh, your time at Tyler Breeze and Sean Spears' <laughs> wrestling school. Because... Um, I've gotten to know you a little bit over the past year and to watch you in such physical pain. Uh, I like wanted to come through the screen and give you a hug <laughs> and just be like, are you okay? You. So, okay. On yeah. a scale from one to 10, how bad, how badly were you in pain after all the chops? I'd say that, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys have ever taken a chop before. They don't tickle. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but you, you have a wrestling background, right? So it was like you, you kind of yeah, like had. I, tra I trained, uh, you know, many 17 years ago that right. I trained uh, in Toronto for a summer and then decided, you know, I'm going to stick with, you know, going to college and getting my degree in broadcasting. So let me just back this up. So Sean Spears is awesome. I've become friends with him since I did the interview with him right after he was released. Right. And I said, I'd love to come to your wrestling school sometime and we could do a whole segment there and let people know that your wrestling school exists. And he's like, man, you're welcome anytime. So I had a, a, a trip that I was in that area and I said, all right, I'm going to be there. 
on this Wednesday, let's make it happen. Or on a Thursday, let's make this happen. Let's make this thing happen. So uh, I went in, I said, I'm going to do an interview with you. I'm going to do an interview with Breeze and then let's shoot something in the ring. I'll take some bumps. I'll run the ropes. Like, it'll be cool. Like, you know, put over your school. And he's like, oh, I think at the end, you know, I'll give you a chop. And I'm like, sure. All right. Yeah. Like, but I don't think one chop's that entertaining. I, like, why don't we, why don't we line up all your students and have them chop me? And he's like, seriously? I'm like, why not? It'd make for a great video. And of course, in the video, we make it look like it was Peyton Royce's idea. Right. Um, after the first four or five chops, I don't know if I felt that much. My chest just went numb <laughs> and just kept getting redder and redder and purple or whatever colors that it turned. And by the time it came around to Tyler Breeze's deadly chop that he gave me. Oh my me, God, that was brutal. <laughs> I guess I, I guess I might be a chopper, he says after he slaps the crap out of my chest. Um, by the time I got to the ch chops from the professionals, and it's not like they were that much better because, or worse, worse for me because they were pro wrestlers. They were all pretty bad, except the one guy that like did one of these to my nipple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they, they, yeah, they all hurt. And my chest stayed red for like, well, and various colors of bruising for six days after that. But then oh I completely healed. God. It's just weird now when I get out of the shower, I have a hand like actually imprinted yeah. into my chest yeah. for the rest of my life. It, it, when like the picture that you posted or that's or where skin had broken, I was I, I have a weak stomach. So I was initially a little hesitant to like watch the video. But at the same time, I was like, well, clearly they did something to this dude that is um might be unspeakable. So of course I click play like a psycho. Of course. Um, but I, again, I will say, <laughs> I like how there was that also that one girl who was like, oh, she wasn't here last week, but she's going to do it oh, anyway. Oh yeah. And I'm like, what do you mean? Wait, why well, is she like, learning this right yeah. now? Like he's not the, he's not the dummy to do this. Like, so that was, I thought that was a little wrinkle that that was actually hilarious. You're, you're I love that, uh, you know, just from a production standpoint, I've, you know, I've worked in television for my whole career. It was just cool to be able to do that whole thing in one take, because yeah. I feel like a lot of YouTubers would have cut it up and they yeah. would have, you know, done it in a very different way. And I'm like, look, let's just make this look as real as possible. You can watch this unfold before your very eyes in the same way that I watch this unfold. And, you know, it's funny. We took that photo at the best possible moment for the photo and the worst possible moment for my chest because <laughs> by the time I like said goodbye got in my car drove to my hotel which was like half an hour away my chest didn't look as I mean it still looked bad I like I took a picture and like sent it to my girlfriend and she's like what'd they do to you and I'm like hey, I'll show you the video it's fine but it was it was already starting to bruise like more in like the bruising colors rather than just being red and welty Oh man, you're you're a better man than both of us combined. Like I don't, I oh you could do it, it. <laughs> dude. I oh man, I, it it hurt. I think actually, I it might have also hurt more because I think that was I, I watched it the day I had like food poisoning, so I was already in like <laughs> a on. massive amount of physical pain, and I was like, well, let's fire <laughs> up this CVV interview, and then just like watching you get assaulted in the corner, and I was like, well, I don't know if this is making me feel better or worse. But uh, I'm kind of enjoying it. And then, um, so thank you for being along that ride with me. But uh, it was... Uh, You're welcome. <laughs> it, was, it was unreal. S sorry, go ahead, Jay. 
Oh, I wasn't going to say. I, I just literally just saw that NXT announced that uh, they're doing their next takeover as In Your House. Oh, oh that's interesting. That, what great branding. It, <laughs> because, I, mean, I love it. We're all in right now. I thought no, that we are, they yeah. should have named all their pay-per-views since this thing started. <laughs> in Your House, literally. All right, CVV, before I get you out of here, you're, one of your most famous saying is, sayings is vague goals get vague results. So with 2020... Um, and, and we'll give you some room to adjust because 2020 has just been weird as hell. Uh, what is your goal for the rest of 2020 that you're looking to achieve? So I wanted to hit 250,000 subscribers on YouTube, which you did. I'm super grateful. Yeah. I, I, congratulations, yeah, just, by the way. Congrats. Yeah, thank you. Um, it's been such a long ride. Like I think that a lot of people are familiar with my videos over the last year or two, but you know, I started my YouTube channel in 2011 you know, it started ramping it up a little bit more over the last few years. So that was goal number one. Um, maybe I, you know, maybe I made the goalposts a little too close on that one. So I think I'm gonna have to move them back. Uh, the other goal is my podcast turns a year old on June 24th. It is. And my yeah. goal for the year was to have a thousand reviews on Apple Podcasts by the end of the year. And I have 905 reviews right now. So I'm like, you know, what? I think we might be able to get this by like the podiversary. So the goal now is June 24th, a thousand reviews on Apple podcasts. I'm also moving to Los Angeles. So that was a goal that was on the list and, uh, you know, ha has been put on hold because of the situation that right. we're all right in, in right now and in our houses. Um, so that's, that's another goal. And, you know, I just want more, I, I want more out of every situation. And, uh, I know that does indeed sound like a very vague goal as I say that, um, <laughs> But after listing three specific things right. there. Yeah, you're you okay are, to have you're, a vague one mixed in there. Yeah, you have to. I think you just you just have to here and there just to keep things fresh. Um, but no, you've you've absolutely been crushing it. Your your interviews are always appointment television. Uh they they help me get up in the morning because I have to so there's me and my wife take shifts on who gets to wake up early to feed uh feed our daughter. And most of the time your interviews drop where it's my day. So every time I'm feeding Perfect. her it's 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 just on and she's just wondering who who this uh who this wonderful man is talking to all another usually another wonderful man <laughs> well, my or next woman. one my next one drops this friday at 8 a.m so is friday your day uh today yeah it actually is yeah there you go me and aiden english this friday there it is that's a great tease chris where where can the people find you if they if they haven't found you already just hit us with all uh, hit us with all the socials yeah it's at chris fan fleet you know on all the social medias and I just social medias that doesn't even make sense. Media is plural in itself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, all the social mediums. Uh, uh, and thank you guys for having me on. I, you know, congrats to you guys on everything you've been doing. And you know, you've really, you've really helped to pave a way for fellow wrestling podcasters with Blue Wire. So I appreciate you guys. No, th thank you so thank much. You. Again, we were we were beyond thrilled when KJ told us you were you were coming into the fold and joining. Um, and you know, we were, we were huge fans. We're even bigger fans now that we we've gotten to know you. Um, and so we, one last thing, I promise we're, we're now on YouTube. So hey. one, one big, give us your biggest piece of advice in, in to get more subscribers, get more views. Like what's, what's, what's your thing? Give, give us one thing that you, uh, it, it can be vague. Well, obviously, it you know, thumbnails are important. Okay. Um, thumbnails and titles are the most important thing. And when I started thinking of titles as headlines, instead of being video titles, that's when things really started changing for me. Um, 
and that, that's, that's something, yeah, that's something you guys will hopefully you know, put that little nugget in there and, you know, work with that. But I think that was the biggest thing for me. Also know that YouTube is the slowest, most difficult <laughs> of all the platforms to grow on. And, and I think it's just because of the way that we normally, you know, think in our, the way that we speak about it. Follow me on Instagram is something we say all the time. Like me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter. Subscribe to me on YouTube is not something that like, your mom knows how to do, or your, right. you know, your neighbor knows how to do. In fact, you'll like, you'll grab your, like your cousin or your uncle's phone and be like, no, I need you to subscribe to me on this. Okay. No, and then you need to sign in. Okay. Then sign into that thing yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and then search for my page. Okay. And then, yeah, now that's the red button. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of layers. We're, we're, we've been learning that slowly as we've started doing this. Um, and that's, that's, again, this is a, the advice that we need from from veterans like yourself yeah, who've absolutely headline advice it. is massive like yeah we've kind of been messing around with thumbnails but we got to get better with that but like the the headline advice is huge yeah so yeah, uh, just know that like for the average person out there when they see a thumbnail they have no idea who i am they have no idea who you guys are yeah you need to catch their attention and find you know give them a reason to watch here's another big piece of advice that someone gave me it's uh, nobody's clicking on your videos because of who you are. They're clicking on your videos because of who they are. I like it. Yeah. That is thinking about that's, the that's, consumer. That's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. That's who my mind is blown. Maybe it's maybe I've had too much white wine, but uh, Chris, thank you again so much for coming out. We really, really appreciate it. If again, if you're not following Chris, on youtube or subscribing to chris's channel on youtube or subscribing to his podcast on blue wire you are absolutely missing out on the best wrestling interviews in the game so please do that now chris again thank you so much this, this means the world to us yeah thank you so oh, much no. thank you guys and uh continued success to you guys you too sir i will right, we'll talk to you soon all right thanks guys thank you so much to our boy Chris Van Vliet, CVV. Again, you need to get on his YouTube channel and his podcast if you haven't done so already. Uh, the people that we referenced are just the people he's had on in the past couple of weeks. So the, the past right. couple of months, years, have it's absolutely legendary. I, I, I If I list them, I'm going to leave someone out. So just please go check out CVV. He's doing amazing work. Uh, and you know, it's 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 absolutely fantastic to watch. Um, again, we're going to talk about Money in the Bank, everything that happened on Raw, NXT, Dynamite um, on our on our next episode on Friday night. We're gonna we're gonna try to get those up Friday night, right after SmackDown. Now, try to get it out a little earlier. I know um, last week's episode came out essentially Saturday morning, uh, right. so we're gonna work on getting that out faster to you all. But in you know, in the meantime. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you download your podcasts. Please, please, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. And again, if you're feeling spicy, leave a review. And make sure you please subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's Two Jabronis with a Wrestling Podcast. You get to see our beautiful faces live and in color. I'm so pointing. make sure that you I'm pointing at the yes, subscribe button. Pointing, pointing down to that, that red subscribe button. It's a bit of a process to do it, but if you can sign into YouTube, CBV, subscribe to our channel. He CBV a, gave us a, a, a how-to. Huge tips. I don't yes. like if you have a YouTube. If you're listening to this and you have any type of YouTube presence, that information was invaluable. I had, I had, honestly had no idea. Right. So so make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at Two Jabronis Pod. 
You can follow me personally on Twitter at Jeremy A. Loss, and you can follow Ben at Cruise Control. That's Control with a K. All right, everyone. Thank you so much, as always, for coming along for the ride. Hope you enjoyed CVV, and we will catch you in a few days. In the meantime, keep staying home. Keep washing your hands. Don't be a jabroni. All right, everyone. Stay safe, everyone. Peace.